Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Hey, this is Mark. And before we start this episode, I have some very important business to handle. A very big milestone is rapidly approaching here at the Entree Architect Podcast. Episode 100 only a few weeks away, and I want to make that episode a very, very special episode. And I want to make that episode the best episode of all of them, all 100 of them. So here's my idea. On episode 100, I want to feature the best guest yet. I want to feature you, the Entree Architect community. So here is your mission. Should you choose to accept it, click on your voice memo app. On the iPhone, you'll find the voice memo app in the utilities group with your calculator and your compass. And I'm sure that uh, the Android device has one too, and I don't know where to find it, but I'm sure they have it. So just click on that voice memo app, hold the phone up to your mouth like you're speaking on the telephone in order to ensure a, a nice, crisp, clear recording and record your answer to this simple question. This is a simple question. What is the one thing that you did this year to improve your business, your leadership, or your life. It's pretty wide open. I just want you to share what you know. Share what you know. Share one tip, one technique, one system or suggestion that made your world a little bit better this year. So record your answer to that question. What is the one thing that you did this year to improve your business, your leadership, or your life? And email that audio file to me at support at entrearchitect.com. It's simple. If you go to the, uh, the, the voice memo app, it's pretty clear on how to, uh, to record it and how to send it. So take a few minutes to do this right now, even before you start listening to this episode. And episode 100 will be the best episode yet.
I can't wait to hear your voice on the Entree Architect podcast. This is the Entree Architect podcast, episode 95. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. Throughout the process of delivering a typical architecture project, there is a series of touch points that our clients experience. The level of development and intention and management at each one of these points of contact determines the overall satisfaction of our clients. This week on the Entree Architect podcast, I will share five steps for managing your client's experience. This episode of the Entree Architect podcast is sponsored by ArcaSnapper, a great way to create and manage field reports. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash ArcaSnapper. And FreshBooks, the easiest way to send invoices, manage expenses, and track your time. Learn more at freshbooks.com slash architect. So you've heard me say this before, your story in the mind of your client is your brand. So how do we manage this, this story? The story is told to your client one chapter at a time through, through everything you do, everything you say at every point of contact, your client is learning more about who you are and what you do. They're developing their thoughts and their opinions about your firm every step of the process. It's an overwhelming process. It's with, with barriers and obstacles and they're concerned and they're overwhelmed throughout the entire process. And the more we define these obstacles and develop systems that successfully glide and guide our clients through this process with comfort and understanding, then the stronger our brand will be. The story our clients tell their friends will be the story that you want told, not the story that they've come to experience without any intention, without any thought. You want to tell your story. You want them to tell your story. So this needs to be managed. This needs to be created. This story needs to be written one chapter at a time throughout the entire process from the from the the point they learn about your firm until forevermore that's how many chapters you need to write so so how do we do this how do we identify all of these touch points uh, in order to develop a way to manage this client experience this client experience is is coming you need to look at this from the mind of the client you know, we've, we've gone through how do you manage a project? This is not project management. This is managing the experience of your client. 
and the experience of your client happens within your client's mind. So you need to put yourself in the shoes of your client. You need to imagine what it's like to start a project without any idea how this project is going to work, have any idea how uh, fees work, how the process works, how anything works. So how do we manage this process? And how do we identify these touch points? Every, every, a touch point is, is every point of contact you have with this client. Okay, so I, what I'm going to do in this episode, I'm going to uh, share five steps to manage this experience with your client. And the first step is to define your client experience in phases. So what is, what, what is the, the process, a typical process that your client, not you as the architect, your client is going through when they start the idea that they're going to start a project. They're going to, they want to start an architecture project. What is the first thing they do? So all the way through the process of, of finding you and then hiring you and then developing the project with you and uh, then building the project with you and then after the building with you and then forever. So define number one, the step, step number one in the five steps to manage your client's experience is to define your client's experience in phases. So in my projects, I'm a, a residential architect, my projects have 12 phases from the client's point of view. From, from my point of view, we have five phases, maybe six phases. Um, but from a client, there are 12. And they are, in, in order of sequence, pre-contract. So there's a, there's a, there's a period before, from when, they, when they're looking for you until they sign a contract. That's phase one. Then the contract itself, the process of, of um, going through the process of signing a contract and, and understanding it and negotiating it is, is two. The third phase would be pre-design. The fourth phase would be schematic design. So pre-design is what happens before we start actually designing. So all of the information gathering would be pre-design. The fourth phase would be schematic design. So we put together some ideas. Then the fifth phase of the client's experience would be design development. So these sort of are in line with the architectural phases. So um, design development is the fifth phase. The sixth phase is construction documents. Again, pretty much in alignment. And then the seventh phase is bidding. So after the construction documents are done, the seventh phase that a client will go through is a bidding process. How does that work? Then the eighth phase is permitting. How do we permit this project? How do we get to get the permission to build this project? The ninth phase is the construction process itself. So they have that entire phase. The 10th phase is post-construction. What happens with this client from the client's experience with you in, in this project? What happens after construction? So that's the 10th phase in the client experience phase. Uh, the 11th phase is a follow-up. So the project is finished. Um, what happens after the project is finished? Then there's a follow-up. You, you check to see how that client is doing after the project is completed. And then the 12th phase is consistent contact forevermore. So if you want to, to have an, another project with this client, you want to have consistent contact at a regular basis. You want to have some sort of contact with this client. So those are the, the 12 phases within 
my uh, process as an architect from the client's point of view. 12 phases, pre-contract, contract, pre-design, contract, pre schematic design, design development, construction documents, bidding, permitting, construction, post-construction, follow-up, and then consistent contact. And I suspect that those phases are probably pretty consistent with your firm as well. Those are the same steps and the same phases that your client experiences from their point of view each time um, uh, you, you enter a, a project with a client. That's the, those are the phases that your clients are going through, most likely. They are the phases that my clients are going through. So that's the first step in managing this client's experience. You need to identify what are the phases that our clients are experiencing. That's the first step. The second step is to list the touch points for each one of those phases. So each one of those 12 phases, there are multiple touch points. There are multiple points of contact that you have with your client, with your firm has with your client, or you have with your client. There are, there are multiple touch points that your client is experiencing that you have control over. Every one of these touch points, you as the architect, as the business owner, have control over how this touch point is handled. You may neglect to manage it. You may just let it happen. Um, many of them you probably do. Uh, others, you probably have some sort of system to control the way those processes work. Um, so, but the, but the goal is to list all of the touch points. So imagine yourself in the shoes of your client and what are all of the touch points, every single point of contact that your client has with your firm and, and, and your process, what are every single touch point that your client has. So that's the second step. So let's, let's take pre-contract. So the first phase, let's take that as an example and I'll break that down into touch points so you kind of understand where I'm coming from. Um, so let's say a pre-contract. So a client, when they're looking for, uh, I'm a residential architect in Westchester County, New York. So most likely, and many of our clients um, find us through the internet. And the first thing they do, they go to Google, they search Westchester Architects, enter, and they see what pops up. That is the first uh, point of contact that our clients may have with our firm. And so the first touch point would be Google search. What is the experience that client is having when they do that Google search? Some of that is within your control, some of it's not. The way your website is designed and developed uh, will rank you in a certain order on that page where you land tells a story. Your client, if you're number one on that Google search, that's going to very, very clearly tell one chapter of your story as opposed to being on the on page two or at the bottom of page one. Those are different stories. Those are different experiences that your client's going to have. It's their different opinion, different different impression that you have. Uh, that your client will have about your firm. And so the first point of contact for pre-contract would be a Google search, potentially. Um, the next step is they click that link and it takes them to your website. That is touch point number two, right? So your website is now touch point number two within the pre-contract phase. Um, what does your website look like? First impression, boom, 
right? That's, that's important. What is the first thing they see? What is the first impression they get? Um, that is something you can control. That is something that is going to tell a story to your client. What is that first impression? Is that first impression a bunch of flashy photos of your projects? Maybe. Uh, is that first impression um, uh, an ugly web page? Maybe. Is that first impression um, uh, a way for your clients to ask you for more information? Maybe. But that, that's all within your control. So you need to look at your website and figure out how your website is developed and, and how it looks, how it works, how, it, how your client, your potential client at this point, experiences your website. It should not be developed from your point of view. It should be developed from your client's point of view. So the second point of contact in pre-design phase for my firm would be the website. The next one would be the initial contact. What it, how from that website they they learn something about our firm and they want to contact us. What is the process of them doing that? How easy is that? What is the, what is the experience that your client's going to have when they, they're looking for a way to contact you? Is that easy? Is that smooth? Is that, is that, um, uh, pain free? The next one would be the actual contact would be, uh, maybe it's the telephone call. Maybe they get the, the phone number is very easy to find and they call. And so that next touch point would be the telephone call. And then once you have that telephone call, there's a process that you should go through. What is that telephone call going to be like? That's something you can control again, that point of contact, that telephone call is going to tell another chapter to your story. What are you going to say? How are you going to lead this potential client through a process to get what they need from their point of view? Um, then scheduling an appointment, maybe visiting their home. So the next step would be scheduling an appointment. That's another point of contact. How does that scheduling process work? How easy is it to schedule that meeting? Um, then, the schedule, then the meeting is scheduled and confirming the appointment. Maybe it's an email the day before, you know, just confirming that we're on for tomorrow. I'll be there by, you know, at, I'll be at this address at this time. Maybe that's a, the confirmation of that appointment. How easy is that? How consistent are you with confirming your appointments? Then the actual meeting, what is the process of, of meeting? What's the first impression you have or they have of you when you meet with them, when, when you ring their doorbell, if it's a residential project, uh, and they open the door, what is the first impression they get? That's something you can control. That's going to be something that adds to the story of your firm. Um, then the interview process itself, how easy is that process? Are you answering the questions? Are you listening? to what they're saying? Are you hearing what they're saying? Um, are you providing value back to them? When, when they are t telling you what they're looking for, are you responding and, and acknowledging that, that you heard what they've said and then provided, providing some sort of value? Again, something within your control, helping you tell the story about what your firm does and how it works within this first pre-contract phase. Um, then how do you close that meeting? So the meeting is over. How do you transition from that meeting to the next touch point? What is the process of that, of that meeting close? Is there, are there forms involved? Is there, is there a, a, a next step that happens? Is there, are there specific questions or specific steps that your clients, that you may direct your client to in order to manage that experience and take them to the next step? 
Um, I use a contact form. At the end of my meetings with a client, I use a, a contact form that I, I ask them to for, fill out with names and phone numbers, but it also asks things like, you know, child's children's names and children's ages so I can learn a little bit more about that family. I ask about pets and the pets' names. It gives me another opportunity to have another conversation and tell a story about who we are and what we're interested in. It also asks for things like, uh, where did they hear about us? I'm interested in that so I, I can learn from, from where uh, they've heard of us. And so that meeting close and the, and the tools and the resources you use to transition from the meeting to the next step. So that form sort of uh, signifies that there's going to be a next step. They're providing information for me to provide a contract, to, propri- to, to provide a proposal. And so that would be the next contact. Next uh, touch point would be the actual proposal. So I go back to the studio and after closing that meeting and I prepare a proposal. How does that proposal get to our client? How does that client experience our proposal? Our proposal is emailed uh, sooner than we promised it. And then we follow up that proposal with a hard copy. And so that there's an experience of, ex- of receiving that proposal. There's a story that's being told by the way the proposal looks, the language within that proposal, our hybrid proposal that's offered on our website at entrearchitect.com slash hybrid is very user friendly. It's, it's, it's intended to make the process of going through the proposal very smooth and easy. It's written from the perspective of a client and how that client is going to receive this proposal. How, without me there, are am I going to be able to control and manage the overwhelm they feel when they receive this, this proposal? If you're using a contract that's very long and with fine print and it looks very legally, legalese, they get scared and they kind of back up and they get defensive. Those are obstacles, those are barriers. If you can create an agreement that has the same language and similar language and protects you just as well, but it looks friendly and it doesn't look as intimidating, that process is is eased and smoothed out. And so the proposal, and and that's the next touch point. Then then after the proposal is a follow-up. You know, I've talked about our sales system before uh, on the podcast. That's all part of our sales system. The proposal and the proposal follow-up. If you don't follow up, there's a good chance you're not going to get the project because they're going to think that you don't care, that you don't really want the project. So what does that follow-up consist of? Is that a telephone call? Is that an email? Is that a letter? How do you follow up on your proposal to, to confirm that you're interested in this project and to, and, and to request any additional uh, questions that you may be able to answer? Then the final touch point in this pre-contract phase before there's a contract, is the contract signing itself. How does that contract get executed? How does how do, do our clients endorse that contract? Um, the hybrid proposal allows us to take that proposal. When they sign that proposal, it actually becomes our contract. So I eliminated an, an entire step in the process that it's huge. I go from... Um, from uh, the old way we used to do it, where we would send out a letter of proposal, say, here's what we're gonna do, and here's how much it's gonna cost, and do you wanna work with us? They say yes, then I go, I have to go back, and I have to and I have to actually draft up an agreement, and I put together the agreement, and then I send that, and I have to get it. So I eliminate that whole process. I send them a proposal, if they like it, they sign it, they send it back to us, and we get started. 
And that is listing the touch points. So the second step in managing your client's experience. So the first step is define the client experience in phases. The second step is to list the touch points for each one of those phases. So what I just went through just now is, is all the touch points for just the first phase. Just the first phase. That's just the pre-contract phase. So you want to go through that process for every one of those phases. Every one of those 12 phases has touch points just like that. So go through that process from the viewpoint of your clients and put together the list of touch points. That's the second step in managing the process is to list the touch points for each phase. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to ArcaSnapper and FreshBooks for their support as platform sponsors of Entree Architect. Because as platform sponsors, these companies have provided funding and support for our overall mission to become an influential force in the profession of architecture. They recognize the need for small firms to build better businesses in order to be better architects. And I want to say thank you. ArcaSnapper is a simple tool for creating and managing field reports. With ArcaSnapper, Architects draft field reports on-site using their phone or tablet. ArcaSnapper is easy to use and it saves a lot of time. I put ArcaSnapper to the test myself and I love it. Once I set it up and I understood all the features and how it works, it's become a part of my regular workflow at project meetings. I take notes, I shoot photos, I sketch my thoughts right on top of the photos, and it's all automatically uploaded to the cloud. Once I get back to the studio, I log in at my desktop, click a button, and my field report is ready to go. ArcaSnapper, grow your business instead of struggling with field reports. If you want to learn more about ArcaSnapper and get a, th- a free 30-day trial, visit entrearchitect.com slash ArcaSnapper. And FreshBooks, you've heard me over and over again say profit, then art. The systems are what make a difference in a well-functioning, profitable firm. Mastering some of the less creative tasks like staying on top of our invoices and tracking our time is a really crucial part of running our firms. And this is where FreshBooks, our friends and our platform sponsor can help in a big way. FreshBooks is the amazingly simple invoicing solution perfectly suited for creative professionals who need to focus on their work and not their paperwork. Creating and sending invoices, tracking your time, and managing your expenses will become the easiest part of your day, and you'll probably end up wondering why you didn't start sooner. If you have questions, help is free, forever. And you can always count on FreshBooks award-winning support rock stars to go above and beyond whatever you need, anytime. And I tested them myself. They answered my call on the first ring, and I had my issue resolved within minutes. It was beautiful. To try FreshBooks free for 30 days, just go to freshbooks.com architect and enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. The third step is now to develop a system that manages each one of those touch points. So now you have a list of touch points for every phase. This is probably a really long list, something that you do over time. You might want to prioritize and decide which ones you're going to do. What are the most important, most influential, most impactful touch points that you can help write your story and then develop a system for that touch point. How do you control the process of that touch point? How do you manage the experience that your client is going to have when they're going through that touch point? 
and you develop a system. And you do that by establishing routines. You already have routines for most of the things you do. You do them the same way every time. So you, you establish those routines. You write them down. You may have scripts. You may have already in your mind, this is what I say when I have an interview. This is what I say when I answer these questions. Those are scripts. You can write those scripts down because that's how you develop a system. You need to document it. So once you, then you then you they may include forms. They may include tools. What are the best tools that you would use to uh, to best manage that touch point from your client's point of view? Is the telephone call the best? Is an email the best? Is is a hard copy letter mailed the best? Are there cloud-based tools that you can use that best manages that client's experience? So what are the best tools that you can use? And then, so then you have your routines and your scripts and your forms and your tools. Now you wanna document that system. You wanna put it in writing. And this is how we do it every time. You document that system in writing and you add it to your standard operating procedure manual, your SOP manual, your standard operating procedures. And each time you do this, you'll develop another system for another touch point you put it in your manual and your standard operating procedure manual will become the way your firm works. It will help you when you hire clients or hire employees. You can show them this is the system. This is how we do it. It will make your firm more valuable when you go to, to uh, exit that firm. When you retire or you want to sell that firm, you have a, a documented manual of how we do it. That's where the asset of your firm is born in that manual. It shows the way you do your work. And so the third step in managing your client's experience is to develop a system for each one of those touch points for each one of those phases. The fourth step is to refine that system. Because sometimes when we develop these systems and we try to put them into practice, they blow up in our face and they don't work and they backfire and they, they have unintended consequences. Sometimes they work great and we use them over and over again, and you just tweak them and you refine them and you make them a little bit better. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they, they blow up. Sometimes they create new barriers or obstacles that didn't even exist, that we did, did not even expect. So part of this process is to refine that system. When those things happen, when, when the system backfires, that's okay. It's part of the process. You just learn from your mistakes, you revise the system, and you refine it and you make it work better. You, you solve the problems that, that had problems, you eliminate the barriers, and, and you refine it. Your systems should be living. It should be a, a continuously evolving uh, process of refining and improving your systems over and over and over again. Every time you a client experiences something that's not part of your overall process yet, and it's better than the way you're doing it, go back and refine that system. Make it better. It should it should. Evolve as your firm evolves. It should, should become better as your firm matures and you learn more about the process and how your clients experience the project, your systems should get better as well. So the fourth step in the five steps to managing your client's experience is to refine that system. So the first step again is to define the client experience in phases. The second step is to list the touch points for each one of those phases. The third step is to develop a system. And the fourth step is to continuously revise and refine that system. And then the next step, the fifth, the fifth step, the final step, the most important step in any process 
is action. You need to use the system. If you follow these steps and you use these systems to, that you've developed, you will be in control of the experience that's presented to your client. You will be in control of your client's experience. You will manage your client's experience. You will be writing the story chapter by chapter in the mind of your client. And your story will be the story that your clients tell when they're sharing that amazing experience that they just had with their architect. Because you've used the system, you've gone through this process, these five phases, these five steps to managing your client's experience. And your client will be so happy that you did this because they will have gone through such a wonderful experience and they'll go tell everybody they know about this amazing experience when their friends tell them about how difficult their their architecture project was and how complicated it was, how overwhelming it was and how this didn't work and how that didn't work. Your clients will be able to say, I didn't experience that. Let me tell you how I experienced it. Let me tell you the story of this architect's firm. And that is the way you manage your client's experience. Five steps. Define your client's experience. List the touch points. Develop a system for each one of those points. Refine the system. And then use the system. Use the system for each touch point. And your job will get easier. Your employee's job will get easier. Your firm will be more successful. Your firm will be more profitable. And your clients will be happy and they will be your best referrals. So you, you have to remember that this exercise is from the client's point of view. That's very, very important. This is not project management. This is managing the experience of your client. You need to put yourself in the shoes of the people you serve. What are they experiencing and how can you make that process better every step of the way? If you like this episode, please go to iTunes and leave me a review or a rating. EntreeArchitect.com slash iTunes will get you there. But even more important than that, and you hear me say this every episode, share this episode. Share it with your friends. EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 95. Share this one with your friends. Put it on Twitter. Put it on your Facebook feed. Send it to all your architect friends by email, entrearchitect.com slash episode 95. Complete show notes and a direct link to this download will be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 95. And don't forget to send me your audio file and share what you know. I, I shared this idea with you last week. I talked about it in the beginning of the episode and I received several great audio clips last week from the Entre Architect community. It's your turn. It's your turn to share what you know. If you have received any value from the work that I've been doing here for the past couple of years, I ask you to pay it forward to your fellow small firm architects. Share what you know. I know for some of you, this is a scary thought to put your voice on audio and have it put on the podcast. Do this for me. Answer this question. What is the one thing that you did this year to improve your business, your leadership, or your life, record your answer to that. Send it to me at support at entrearchitect.com. Do that right now, please. 
I appreciate you for all you do. I appreciate you for all the support and all the encouragement that I receive from the Entree Architect community. And now it's your turn. Please send me your thoughts and share what you know. My name is Mark R. LePage, and I am an entrepreneur architect. And I'll see you next week. Have a great one. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. 
And so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.